is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And welcome to The Talking Dead, number 91, for Tuesday, October the 16th, 2012. Wow, 91. Number 91. We're nine off 100, and it's a Tuesday instead of a Monday. That's true. That is because we have recently returned from New York Comic Con. We have returned. Where we recorded a two-part episode number 90. A (laughs) mini-series. That's right. We did a mini-series while we were at the con. (laughs) Um... So we're back. We're back in the regular Talking Dead studios. That means a couple of things. It means that everything should sound a little bit better. And it also means something else, which we'll get into a little bit later. Yep, it sure means that. Before we do anything, though, I need to wish you and everyone else out there a happy Bosses Day. Bosses Day? Yeah, National Boss Day offers employees an opportunity to recognize those in a supervisory position. Popular ways to say thanks include cards, a lunch in the boss's honor, flowers, or gift certificates. That comes from uh, the Boss's Day official website. The official oh, way out. No, Who, no, no, no. Did a boss put that website up, do you think? Started in 1958, so I guess so, I suppose. Okay. Um, it's not really the official website. The only official information I could find out about Boss's Day comes from calendar-updates.com slash info slash holidays slash US slash boss dot ASPX. Wow. <laughs> So good luck uh, remembering that one. (laughs) Go ahead and remember. (laughs) That's right. I haven't talked to my boss in uh, a couple of months. Well, you should have called him or her today to wish him or her a happy Boss's Day. I I did not know that it was Boss's Day until just now, but uh, she doesn't live far from here. Maybe I'll go uh, bang on her door. Stop by. Stop by, or at least send her a text message or something with a, a picture of yourself holding up a sign that says, or with your shirt off and happy Boss's Day written on your chest. Uh, the also unfortunate thing is that I'm not entirely sure which house is hers, oh, so, so I could just start banging on doors. So just do the chest thing and then start banging on doors. Hi, are you my boss? Happy Bosses Day. <laughs> Read this. <laughs> <laughs> so happy uh, day, happy Bosses Day to everyone out there in supervisory positions, which uh, is almost everybody when you think about it. Well, I- except me. You don't. You, you know, don't boss anyone. I'm around? not a boss of anybody. Not even at your house. No, especially at my house. Right. <laughs> I have a wife and two cats. Nobody listens to me if I tell them what to do. <laughs> I have kids. I'm supposed to be the boss of them, but it doesn't really work out that way anyway. Did they get you flowers? No. Or they didn't give me nothing. They made me <laughs> Just clean. Just the joy of having them around. Right. They helped me clean up the yard for winter, so well, let's good. let's stick with that. Yeah. Um, so as I was saying, we're back from New York Comic Con. We kind of wrapped it up in our two-part miniseries there over the weekend. So right now, I'd just like to say it was fun. It was a great time. It was way busier than the year before. And that kind of made it sort of more fun in some ways and a little bit less fun in other ways because you really had to plan and and uh, make sure you knew what you were doing. Otherwise, you would just get lost in those crowds. Yeah. I, I, had, a, I had a fantastic time. I'm really, really glad that I went. And uh, I kind of missed the con. And I, I missed the atmosphere, and I wish every day walking through reality was as fun as walking through uh, the Comic-Con. Everyday reality is a Comic-Con. That, that would get old pretty fast. Every fourth step you take is a comic book shop. Yeah, and you bump into people every fifth you're, step. Yeah, and you're uh, yeah, and everybody. It's just a buzz, a buzz of people all around you. 
It is. I, I came back with pretty much everything I wanted from the con, That's good. Uh, except for access to the Walking Dead cast autograph signing, but I was not willing to camp out for eight or ten hours overnight in line to get that. This year? Next year, maybe. Next we year, we got a maybe. plan for next year for camping out. We're gonna buy. Uh, we're gonna buy lounge chairs when we get to New York. Yeah, and we're just gonna go right from the airport to the uh, well, the line, and just stay there the first <laughs> night, and the second night. We don't even need a hotel. That's right. You're saving year. money on hotels by sleeping in front of the, uh, in front of the center. We're gonna buy fancy sleeping chairs and then leave them there. We'll and, give them and, away, and we'll give them away, and then the the, the cost of that is offset by the, the fact that we don't have to pay for hotels. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> we have a plan. We have a year to think about that, and yeah. de- you know, determine if it's a good idea or not. I'm determining it's a good idea right now. All we right, don't have fine. to wait a year. We're doing it. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, I hope everyone else who went to the con had a good time, and we'll see you again next year. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to do one item in the news this week. The Walking Dead News. And that is the ratings for episode oh, one. Yeah. Season three, episode one. This comes from Entertainment Weekly. So, Jason, you want to take a shot in the dark at how many viewers the season three premiere had on Sunday night? Well, you didn't watch it, and I didn't watch it on Sunday night because we were at the Comic-Cons. Yep. So uh, I would say at least... 18, because if we had watched it, there would have been at least 20 people watching that uh, that episode. Yeah, there was a few more than 18. I, I, may be, uh, I may be, you know, estimating a little low. The number that comes in is 10.9 million. Wow. So it's a new record for this show and any other show, wow. uh, any other uh, cable drama, I guess. 10 million. 10.9, almost 11 million. Almost 11 million people. Season 2 premiere had somewhere 9 point something million. Wow. So we added another million there. And in the 18 to 49 demographic, they scored a 5.8. Cool. You know what they say, a million here, a million there. Eventually it starts to add up to real money. It really does. And I think they're adding up to some serious money here. Yeah. Um, Entertainment Weekly called this number stunning. 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 I was stunned. A, yeah. A, apparently every apparently, TV insiders all over the globe were stunned by this number. I fell down. I flopped around a little bit. I was stunned. <laughs> yes. I imagine you, you don't need to be stunned to do that, but in this case, you were. <laughs> right. Uh, now, here's the even more impressive thing. If you include the repeat broadcast right after, so right. it was on at 9, it was on again at 10, you add those up and you get 15.2 million viewers. Well, how many people watched it twice? And it's it doesn't matter. There's still 15.2 oh, yeah, million they're, they're, pairs of eyeballs. Yeah, there are eyeballs on screen. A- and the the networks like to do that. They like to show in like the, the two, they like to add up the two broadcasts when right. they report their numbers because that's what they do. And it sounds better. They like to do that because that's what they do. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> so there you go. New records all around. We'll see what happens next week. If that's they go awesome. up or down. Typically, they go down a well, little typically, bit. Well, typically, yeah. But, but this, this show breaks the mold all the time. So uh, we will see what happens. I can handle up. That would be crazy. Yeah, up, up is good. All right. We are going to get into our recap of the premiere Ooh, titled recap. Seed. Um Stay tuned after that for a bunch of other stuff, including our Facebook contest winner. That's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. So uh, um, that's coming later in the show. Right now, we're going to do the recap. Seed. Season 3, Episode 1. Seed. 
We come from, we fade in from black and we're zooming out of a zombie eyeball. Mm-hmm, very, much like Lost. Very Lostian, exactly. Lostitious. First thing I thought of when I saw that. Yep. This you is, actually, I, you even said it. I, I did. Uh, this, is, this is just like Lost. Well, because we saw this in the, uh, in the panel, right? Yep. They showed this uh, as, the, uh, as the clip, the, uh, the opening sequence, the cold we, open. We did. We saw this in the panel. We saw it again when we watched it, obviously. Yeah. We I did, believe we, you said it to me in the panel. It's, very, it's like Lost. Did I? It was at the panel. Everyone right? in the room was thinking that, I'm sure. But I said it out loud. Well, there might have been a murmur going through the whole thing. Oh, lost. We're lost, lost, lost. Damn, so we lost. zoom out. We see a couple of zombies sort of just standing around. Milling about. And there's a door behind them. The door suddenly busts open, and our heroes storm the house. Mm-hmm. We we see Rick come in first. I think right behind him. Did Carl come right in behind him? Maybe T Dog. What and is this Carl. a quiz? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> they all came in the house. <laughs> Carl comes in with um, enthusiasm yep. and expertise. Yes, which uh, is something that I found very, very interesting. And experience, experience, and expertise. He knew what he was doing with the gun. He knew what his job was in yep. that home home invasion. Yep. Um, Carl goes into a a room, encounters a walker, and shoots it in the back of the head. Or maybe in the forehead because the walker turned around. No hesitation, though. That's the no main hesitation. Thing. Just took a couple of moments just to make sure he lined up his shot correctly and took it. He, he didn't panic. He didn't rush. He just, you know, he took a, he took a breath. He aimed his uh, his firearm and pulled the trigger. He did. Uh, unlike every other time, he's had the opportunity to do that. Right. So he's uh, he's been practicing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So uh, Daryl goes upstairs and goes into a bedroom and finds an owl. Yeah, standing and, weird. And shoots it. Yeah, the owl was standing a little funny. Did the owl stand it? like that? I was wondering. It's like, it's got its wings out. Usually it tucks the wings right in. Maybe it was a little bit uh, ready. Maybe it was ready to take flight. Maybe it was feeling a little threatened. I mean, owls might be threatened by people who uh, come at them with crossbows. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Owl takes out the uh, owl. Daryl takes out the owl. <laughs> the owl takes out Daryl, and that's the end of that. Yep. We go back to Carl. He's searching through the kitchen and finds some dog food. Yep. Uh, which is exciting. After a while, everyone sort of congregates in a part of the house after they've determined it's secure, and uh, Carl opens the dog food to start to eat it, but Rick stops him and throws the can away. Yep. I guess Rick's not feeling too good about the fact that there are no apparent supplies in this house. Right. And he's not ready to degrade him and his family and his companions down to the level of eating dog food quite yet. Yeah, exactly. He's not to the dog food level yet. Um, Lori is looking very pregnant. Oh, huge pregnant. Huge pregnant. We don't really know yet at what stage she is. But well, we'll it's, it's obviously in the huge pregnant stage. Right. That's the technical term. Uh, it, of course. That's what I called my wife when she was pregnant. Hey, You're in the huge hey, stage. Hey, huge pregnant stage. <laughs> Uh, as they're sitting around there, T-Dog spots some zombies outside, so they basically haul ass back to the cars and take off because yep. there's nothing for them here, and I guess there's too many zombies in the area. Not a word. Not a word spoken. No, just a couple of uh, psst. Yeah. And stuff like that. No actual speaking in this cold open, but it portrayed so much. It was uh, It was very, very good. Right? It was really, really good. It showed us that this, you know... Some time has passed. Mm-hmm. It showed us that they've been practicing. They've done this before. Everyone is much more skilled with their weapons. Yep. And in fact, just skilled with their general, you know, ability to take a location and be safe about it and do it right and yep. not hesitate and stuff like that. Yep. They've been obviously doing this for a while. They have been. So we go to the new credits sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about it? I thought it was. Uh... 
pretty much the same as the old one with different images, but better. You I like it was better. I thought it was better for for two reasons. Two reasons. They don't show any of the actors anymore, which I think is actually a good thing, right? Because John Bernthal was, you know, in yeah. the original. They're all dead now, and they're all dead now. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So they didn't show them, which is fine. Instead, what they did is they seemed to line, in some cases, line up images with. Um, with the names of the actors in a related sort of way. Yeah. When we see, you know, when it, when uh, Andrew Lincoln's name comes up, you see the the uh, sheriff's badge on the ground. Right. When Daryl's uh, name comes up, um, Norman Reedus, you see arrows stuck in a tree. Right. Stuff like that. And I thought that was a nice little touch. That is nice. Nice touch. Better than the sort of just random type credits that we had for season one and two. Well, it set the tone. It set, uh, you know, it set... Uh, set you up for what the feel of the show is going to be, right? So this does the same thing, but I guess it, it marries the uh, the names a little more to the uh, to the imagery. Yeah, and I like that. I like that. I think it's really good. And now, if they need to, you know, kill somebody off, they just have to take their name out instead of recutting their that whole part. Right. So. But we then uh, what are we going to swap out? Uh, you know, crossbow people if. Uh... Yeah, maybe. Daryl Dixon leaves the show. Oh, he's not going to leave the <laughs> show. Come on. <laughs> then uh, they need another crossbower. In fact, um, you will notice that we had uh, Rick and, and Daryl's names lining up with images. Lori's not so much. You know what they showed for when when Sarah Wayne Callies' name was on screen? I don't recall. A big, disgusting centipede crawling around a log. Ew. So they're trying to tell us something. Yeah, I they think. really are. There you go. You can like, uh, you can like uh, Rick, but do not like Lori. Don't, don't like not. her. Don't like her. It's, it's not going to last. Yeah. Okay, so we come back, and they're on the road. They stop. They're deciding what to do, and uh, Rick puts Carl on point. Yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah. Carl's out, out sort of a few meters in front of everybody on guard. So is um, Beth, kind of at the back. Lori doesn't even get out of the car. Everybody else is crowded around one of the hoods. They're looking at a map and deciding what to do. Right. I thought that was very interesting because they haven't really done that in the comic book. Like looking at a map and when they were talking about what was going on, they say, well, if this herd uh, has been chasing us for a while, they'll eventually catch up. But if they meet up with this other herd, like they're talking about the movements of, uh, you know, larger groups of zombies. And they don't have that kind of intelligence in the comic book. No, they don't. It's I, I like this a lot, too. Um, everybody had something to say, which I, if you notice, like T-Dog contributed, Herschel contributed. Um, Maggie, Glenn, everybody contributed to the conversation and provided us, the audience, with information about what what was going on right then and what had been going on yep. for the last six months, roughly, over the winter season. Yeah. And it was just so much better done than most of these similar scenes from the first two seasons because everyone had something to say. And they they gave us all the information we needed in quick interesting short dialogue yep so really really well done so everybody's f- so pulling far. their own weight too exactly yeah. exactly except for centipede lady except for centipede lady sitting in the car doing nothing she's pregnant she's she's eight months pregnant she needs to relax true um but we don't have to like it uh no i guess we don't have to like it t-dog says that they've been going around in circles all winter Right. So what they've been doing, I guess, is moving around, trying to stay away from the herd or where they think it is, and just attacking houses for supplies Yep. or other buildings, I suppose. Yeah, and then we're talking about uh, we have to backtrack because mm-hmm. if, you know, if this herd meets up with this one, we're going to be cut off. We have to backtrack. It's like, ah, but we already picked through all of those houses. There's nowhere to go. So yeah. that's, uh, 
they're stuck between a rock and a zombie place again. It's the worst place to be. Yeah. So most of the gang uh, goes, I think, to get water from a stream. I think that's what T-Dog said. But instead, Rick and Daryl go hunting. And uh, they are walking along, and they find the prison full of zombies. Mm -hmm. Along train tracks. Uh, Along train tracks, yeah. Yeah. I guess the prison is the other side of the tracks or the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. There you go. Um, The camera kind of zooms in on Rick's face, and you can sort of see his brain working there. See the little gears in his eyes. Little gears going, and we immediately cut to their assault on the prison. Mm -hmm. So whether or not they knew about the prison for a while— and had decided not to try to, you know, break in, or if that was the first time they'd ever seen it, right. I, I am not sure. I don't know. Uh, I was talking to Dave earlier today, and he's saying to me that he can't believe that that's the first time they saw it after six months, the whole winter, when it was so close. Well, obviously, yeah, because uh, at the end of the last episode, the camera panned up and saw, we saw the prison in the background. Right. But, uh, you know, they were sitting in, uh, they obviously couldn't see it from where they were, and maybe they just, when they got up the next morning, they went towards the camera. Well, yeah, and it could easily take time to find it. The other thing is, it occurred to me that just by the look on Rick's face, and I may be reading a lot into this, but I think even if they knew it was there, six months ago, they probably knew that attacking that prison or trying to break into that prison with all those zombies would not go well for them. Right. So why not spend six months you know, searching for supplies, honing your killing skills yep. until you're a, you know, a proper assault team, basically, and you can go in there. And I think Rick sees it, and Daryl says, you know, it's such a shame, as in there's too many zombies there for us to go in. But I think Rick is like, nope, we're ready. Right. We are ready to do this. We can go in and we can take it. We have a plan now. Well, I'm not sure it was an actual conscious choice. I think it was more of a, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. No, we're not desperate enough. No, we're not desperate enough. Uh, crap, now we're desperate enough, and we could probably and, do it. And wait a minute, yeah, I think it's the time we can do it. Yeah. So uh, so anyways, we cut to the assault on the prison. They get in between the fences. There's two layers of fences. Yep. And they create a plan to take over one section of the field, which they can close off. Right. And, uh, and uh, get in there and be safe for a little while. So Rick gives everybody orders, and nobody questions him. They're all just like, Yes, boss, and they go and yep. execute the plan. Unlike before. Unlike before, where everyone didn't, nobody knew what was going on most yep. of the time. So Rick runs for another gate, basically, to close and cut off the zombies while everybody else covers them. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the group kills some through the fence with knives and spikes. You'll notice uh, how that differed from the comic book. Well, they didn't lose any knives. Well, it was uh, when they in the comic book when they tried to stab through the fence, they would uh, they have a hard like they would poke the zombie, but they wouldn't get enough pressure, and the zombie's head would go back, so they'd have to jab really fast quickly, and then the zo- knife would get stuck. Mm-hmm. But uh, here, you just they had various implements, and they just kind of smashed people through the uh, through the heads. They had very very soft skulls. Oh, they they do, but I mean, if they've been walking around for a while, maybe they're starting to get softer. And it makes sense to me because in you know, last season and the season before even, when they smash a head, it doesn't seem to be that uh, really kind of so- solid skull thing that most humans have. When you smash some smash a rock into somebody's head, you gotta you have to apply a lot of force in order to crack that skull. Yeah, unless you take a crowbar and go right in through the eye socket, but still. Yeah. So I think that generally, uh, generally speaking, zombies have soft heads, and I think they've established that before. So the fact that they have soft heads 
uh, in the television show versus the comic book where they're a little harder heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, that's well established, and I accept it. Very good. Um, I noticed uh, Beth was using a crowbar, yep. and Glenn had some other sort of long, pokey yeah, stick. Pipe. Some, I, think a pipe? A, I think it was a like a like a, a broken off pipe with spiky bits. Well, there you go. That would work. Yeah, Why not? For sure. So they're doing that. Carol goes up to do some sniping from a tower. Yeah. Rick made a point of telling the audience that she has become a pretty good shot. Yep. And uh, to just take her time, conserve ammo, and she can hit them. Yep. Uh, Carl is up there as well, getting headshots from a tower with a handgun. Yep. Why not? Um, Rick. Uh, so Rick makes it to the fence, the other gate. He closes it, and then he runs into another guard tower to go up. You know what I loved about this scene? What's that? He opens the door to the guard tower, like the bottom of it, takes two shots inside, and then runs in. And we don't see those shots, but you just know that he opened the door, two zombies are there, he took them down and just ran right past. Yep. And I just loved how they did that. <laughs> like, they don't need to show us everything. Yeah. They just need to show us the important part. Right. He gets to the top of the tower. He's picking off zombies, and he's laughing as he's doing it. It was good times. It was good. So well, they managed... he was happy that this happened without any incidents, right? Right. He was happy, sure, but I think he's he's I think he's just generally feeling good about where this group is in terms of killing right now, or, right. or zombie killing, zombie uh, you know disposal. We kill zombies good. That's right. So they managed to clear the field. And uh, we cut to nighttime. They're sitting around a fire. They're talking about water and growing food and having a baby there. Seeds, planting seeds. Planting seeds. Growing tomatoes. Cucumbers and soybeans. And uh, Rick is out patrolling the fence, and Daryl is on the overturned bus keeping watch. Right. So Carol comes to bring him some food, and he gives her a shoulder massage because the rifle has hurt her shoulder from the the kickback. kickback. Yeah, Exactly. It would hurt me too, I'm sure. Um he gives her the shoulder massage, and then they make a couple of jokes about making out. Yeah. You want to fool around? <laughs> and they both laugh. And they both laughed. And then uh, Daryl says, I'll go down first. And she says, yeah, great. <laughs> or whatever, something like that. <laughs> yeah, Daryl uh, uh, really doesn't have game, just like uh, Norman Reedus said in the panel. That's right. He doesn't know what he's doing when nope. it comes to he's the got, ladies. He's got nothing. <laughs> um, She's going to have to hit him with a, like a tent pole or something like that just to... You know, pay attention. I'm coming on to you, stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm coming on to you. <laughs> I'm flirting with you, dumbass. Yep. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's sort of, I was almost like, okay, at the at the Walking Dead panel at Comic-Con, you know, yesterday or yep. two days earlier, that kind of, the thought of them getting together got some of the biggest boos of the day. It really did. And then here it is in the first episode. So I'm just wondering, you know, if they're all sitting around on stage going, oh, geez, <laughs> maybe maybe they should re-edit that really quick. <laughs> yeah, maybe they will. I don't know. Who knows? Well, not that they would, uh, you know, completely restructure a show based on the no. random reaction of, uh, you know, Their most 5, important fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, we go back to the group sitting at the fire. Herschel asks Beth to sing, and she does, yep. and Maggie joins in. What did you think of the singing scene? I thought... Uh, Take it I, or leave it? I thought it was a little contrived. Uh, it didn't feel natural and organic to me, but that might be uh, strictly because I know that Emily Kinney is a singer. Is a singer. Like, they 
they took advantage of that. They knew that 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 she could sing beforehand, so let's put that in there because it'll be a nice moment. Blah blah blah. So, but it felt kind of forced, and it didn't feel natural to me. Right. I think it, I think it doesn't help that we know that Emily's a, a singer in real life. Right. Um, but I don't know. I I didn't mind it. I I was surprised that they did two like full verses of the song but i can also see wanting to have maggie join in and the sisters are singing and so on it didn't bother me too much i think it was too soon in the season is the problem like uh we're just getting reacquainted with these characters after a winter of running around in circles and getting uh you know better at what they do and all this kind of stuff we're not we're learning about the strife that they've gone through. We're not a part of that yet. Right. And the uh, the singing in normal, not normal, but in classic storytelling, this kind of scene usually happens after, uh, you know, uh, a long, involved, hard struggle, and this is kind of a release of that struggle. It made sense for them. It didn't make sense for an audience. Right. So I don't think we were there yet. And But then again, I don't think we'll ever have a scene like that any time in this season. No, we so won't. So it was either pull the trigger on it now or don't do it at all. Yeah. So they pulled the trigger on it, and I think it was too early. I don't think we'll get another one this season or maybe ever in right. the show. Yeah. So um, during the singing, Rick comes back, and when, when she's done, he starts saying that they have a busy day ahead clearing out more of the prison, and they have to do it hand-to-hand because right. they're low on ammo. Uh, Lori goes to talk to Rick uh, asking for a few days rest because these, you know, they're safe in the in the field there, and he is extremely cold towards her. Yeah, he really is uh, not impressed. I, this is the first thing they've these these are the first lines they've had to each other in this episode. I yep, think. Yep. You know, when we're uh, at least a third of the way in, maybe halfway through. Right. Um, but he we is had a couple of glances. Oh, there were some glances, and and before they were going to take out the zombies in the field, she opens the gate for him, but they don't say anything to each other. She right. just pulls that gate open and then closes it behind him. Yeah. Um, so, but this is their first conversation, and he is obviously not feeling too good about their relationship. Yep. I would say. So after we come home from a commercial, we see Michonne come home, come back from a commercial. We see Michonne in the drugstore grabbing aspirin. This is the scene we've seen before. Yep. Um, and that's it. She just grabs that. We go back to Rick and everybody, and uh, Rick, T-Dog, Glenn, Daryl, and Maggie go into the inner prison yard hand-to-hand in a very cool formation, and they're clearly working together here again. Mm-hmm. Um, back to each other, sort of moving as a clump, yep. taking out zombies. You know, one might knock one down and someone else will take it out so yep. they don't break formation for very long Mopping up, yep. It's very, very good. Then they encounter the riot gear zombies. Yep, the boss fight. So uh, that's right. This is the boss fight. It's what we said while we were watching it. Um, the arrows from the crossbow don't work, bounce off the armor. Yep. Uh, you know, the machetes and the knives just kind of hit um, uh, Kevlar yep. and stuff like that so they don't go through. Um, until they uh, determine that they can sort of, they're fast enough that they can rip up the helmet and stab underneath it. That's right, yeah. Right in the neck. Right in the neck. Front of the neck, back of the neck, it don't matter. It doesn't matter, no, exactly. So after they manage to kill those guys and close another gate to secure that area, they move inside into a sort of pretty dark interior, Right. and they close the door behind them. Is this a good idea? close the door behind you well you don't want anybody coming in your rear i understand you don't want anyone uh surrounding you yeah but it's also your escape route right 
if you need yeah, to run you, out quickly. And if you need, do need to run out quickly and you happen to be back that way, open the door. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking you never know, though. That door might jam. It might lock behind you. Who knows what's going to happen? No, I, mean, I think it's a good idea. I would have I would have closed, closed the door. You don't leave open doors where uh, you can have an unknown number of zombies come through that door. I suppose. If that fence hadn't held outside, they might have just all streamed in. So Right. Uh, all right, so Rick goes up to the guard booth and finds a dead guard, and it looked like a self-inflicted headshot. Yeah, he blew his own head off. He sure did. He grabs the cell keys, and uh, they explore more of the cells and find zombies locked in some of the cells. Yep. Good times. Those poor bastards probably starved to death and then became zombies. Yeah, probably. That's a bummer. So they kill them, and then everybody moves into the cells. Lori thanks Rick for what he's done, and he ignores her. Harsh, man. Harsh. He, he's a, he's cold towards his wife. He really is. So we see everybody moving into their cells, and we get a funny scene where Carl is uh, making sure Beth is safe. Yep. <laughs> well, she invites him in and she, says uh, something about how soft the beds are or right. something how comfy they are. And then he's looking to, like, climb up to the top bunk, and Herschel, Check it walks, out. Herschel walks up and is like, so, son, you found a cell yet? Uh, no, I was just <laughs> making sure Beth was okay. <laughs> It was funny. It was funny. And, of course, it called back to uh, him talking about that at the panel. He did talk about that. Maybe He told us maybe there'll be something between 17-year-old Beth and 13-year-old Carl. Maybe, just maybe. You never know. But uh, Dad's there to uh, make sure that uh, there's no funny business. No funny business. Uh, so everyone moves into their cells. Lori is with Carol, and obviously Glenn and Maggie are together. Rick sits down by himself out in the hall not in a cell, and he doesn't look very happy. No. He's very, it's a very sort of alienating and isolating shot of that poor guy. Yep. Go to commercial, come back. Michonne is returning to Sportsman's Deer Cooler. I think we hmm. talked about that a whole bunch. We did. When we heard about it. So that, there it is. Now we see it. Andrea is there, and she is very, very sick. Yeah. Now, she's not sort of zombie fever sick. I think she just has a cold. No, it, well, yeah, it was something. It was either... Um... A fever. She definitely had a fever because that's what the aspirin was for, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she might have the flu. She might have uh, something, you know, regular hum- human sickness, not uh, not zombie bit sickness. Exactly. So she's, in theory, will get better unless she dies of the flu. People do die of the flu, but ideally she'll get better. Yeah. Um, Andrea tells Michonne to leave her there because she'd hold her back, but Michonne refuses and says they'll move on in a few days. Right. Um, clearly they've become, they've been traveling together for the last six months or whatever it is over the winter and they become close friends. Yep. Back at the prison, the gang is arming up with prison weapons and gear. So they've found some more riot gear or they've taken it off those, those other zombies. Right. Uh, Carol calls Herschel to come talk with Lori and Lori starts talking to him. She's worried about the baby and it being dead inside of her because she hasn't felt it move in a while. Yeah. Lots of, uh, panicky, worried scenarios. What if it's dead and it comes back? What if it's trying to eat out of... What if it rips me apart from the inside? Oh, my God. What if I die during childbirth and then come back as a zombie and I try and kill the baby? You know, you got to promise to put me down, that kind of stuff. So uh, basically, uh, yeah, she's just in full-on panic mode. Full-on panic? I can't blame her. No, I would be in full-on panic mode, too. Even if I wasn't pregnant. Hey, zombie baby, zombie mother, zombie... There's all kinds of zombie scenarios here, and uh, there's only one perfect outcome, and the rest is just horrible. None of them are good, that's yeah. for sure. So she makes Herschel promise to, you know, put them down if anything goes wrong right. immediately. Don't hesitate. 
And she confides in Herschel, too, that she thinks Rick hates her for putting Shane and him at odds. She says, Rick is too good a man to say it, but it's clear my husband hates me. Right. She's, she's not far wrong. No, I don't think she's far wrong at all. So the group then is ready to move in and clear out more of the prison. Rick asks Carl to stay behind and handle things here because he might be the last man standing. Right. Um, that would not be cool. Nope. So the assault team, as I'm going to call them, uh, they are now slowly moving through dark prison corridors, right. coming around corners with flashlights. Not a situation I would want to be in. Dark and scary. Dark and scary. You don't know what is lurking around in there. Probably zombies. Probably. There's a lot of dead um, bodies, and they're very gooey and decomposed and yeah. disgusting. Yeah. My wife said, um, this episode has taken a turn for the gooey. <laughs> uh, we were watching this. It was Gross. not. It was not nice. Um, eventually they round a corner and there are a bunch of zombies. Yep. They retreat in a panic and Glenn and Maggie get separated. Um, they kind of go back for them, but as they're looking for them, Herschel steps over a dormant zombie, but it suddenly comes to life and bites him in the leg. We have our first lurker. We do. Well, this episode, it's just sitting there, not moving. It looks pretty dead. And Herschel takes a bite to the back of the leg. Yep. The group sort of regroups, gets back together, and they bust into the prison cafeteria just in time. Yep. Close the door behind them. Herschel's on the ground. Uh, You know, his leg is in bad shape. It's got a large hole in it, and uh, he's starting to bleed out. Without any hesitation, Rick takes off his belt, tourniquets his leg, and uh, chops the leg off below the knee. With a hatchet. With a hatchet. We've seen that in the game. Seven or eight chops yeah it was uh, it was quite uh, quite the ordeal um yeah we've seen that in the in the telltale game we had to decide whether to do that or not right but here it is in the tv show uh herschel passes out it looks like as most people probably would well yeah that's just a way to think your brain just completely rejects the pain it's like i'm i'm out i'm out of here (laughs) (laughs) wake me when this is over yeah um, as this is happening, five figures pop up behind like the cafeteria gate yep. or gaf- cafeteria counter, and we don't really see them in detail. And you think, oh, geez, there's five zombies in the in the room. What are they going to do now? Well, they look dirty and disheveled, and and they're kind of in silhouette still. So yep. we don't know the, what what's going on with them. But we get a better shot. Turns out they're alive. We zoom in on them. One guy goes, "Holy shit!" The end. <laughs> yeah, credits roll. Credits roll. So um, there were five figures in that uh, in that scene, but there are four names in the credits, and I'll read them to you right now. We have T- Theodos Crane as Big Tiny. Big Tiny. Big Tiny. Nick Gomez as Thomas. Thomas. Marcus Moore as Andrew. Andrew. And Vincent Ward as Oscar. Oscar. Not a Jasper in sight. No. Not a Jasper insight. The fifth guy's name is Jasper. Okay. I'm going to have to go with that. We'll find out. It must be him. I don't know why they didn't credit the fifth guy or if I missed it, but that was that. He probably dies tickety-boo. Yeah, he might not even make it out of that cafeteria. Yeah. So what do we take away from this episode? I think it was a great episode. I think it was a great start to the season. It was. It was all of the... In fact, I can't even say that all of the, like, chit-chat, standing around talking was gone, because we got just enough of that. We got some of that, yeah. We got, you know, the scenes where they were deciding what to do around the hood of the car with the map. Um, You know, we got Lori in the prison expressing her concerns and fears. Uh, And 
and we got uh, we got them talking around the fire too. All the information that we needed was given to us mm-hmm. in a you know quick, succinct way. We also uh, had a lot of action. We exactly. Had, uh, we had uh, yeah, it was uh, it was well paced. We had a lot pushing forward. They accomplished a lot. They accomplished what they set out to do. Uh, really, and they didn't stop and then chit chat about it for the rest of the episode, which was really nice. Yeah, you know, in the first half of season two, we probably would have had you know two or three days go by while they were sitting in that field around the fire. Oh, look, a prison, and then argue that with about that for the rest of the episode, and then then uh, maybe get into the prison yard and then argue about that for the rest of the episode, and then move on to the boss zombies and then argue about that for the rest of the episode. We're, you know, we're, we're, as far as, uh, by my count, we're uh, seven episodes into this this season already. (laughs) Seven episodes in (laughs) after 43 minutes. That's correct. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't a double episode either. No, it was a, it was a, not even an hour and a half. It was I was expecting an hour and a half. I forgot about that. 43 minutes, regular hour long episode. And it was just so much more efficient in every way. Yeah. There was no shortage of, of information. There was no shortage of action. The story moved along, and we just got everything we needed to know. Mm-hmm. And we had a time jump of six months, and I don't feel like I missed anything, which is amazing. Yep, that's Some, really nice. Sometimes if a show does that, you're like, well, n- you know, nothing seems to have changed in that six months. But in this case, a lot has changed. Our characters are are different. But you understand why and you understand what sort of happened to them in that time, in that missing time, to explain why they're different. Yeah. I mean, we've had shows before that have jumped time. Well, we've had. I've seen shows that have jumped time, and they use that as the complete opposite of what they did here. They use that uh, as a, uh, a changeover. We don't know what happened, and it takes a while to figure that out, to to explain why uh, characters behave a certain way or why they're in this situation or what's going on with uh, with here they've just explained everything been running around in circles all winter we've been doing this for a long time now uh you know rick hates me um you know they're uh, they explained everything and carl knows exactly what he's doing yeah um i like i i like how they've given him uh an inordinate amount of responsibility for a 13 year old right you know it's like, we're going to talk about what to do. You keep watch. Um, and, you know, he was the second or third person into the building on that, on the house uh, assault. Yeah. I mean, you don't just let any old 13-year-old do that. Nope. So. I wouldn't. No, not at all. So, I, I mean, I really like the fact that they've done that. I mean, they have to work with the uh, resources they have. And Carl has turned into a good resource. Yep. And by that, I mean zombie killing machine. Child soldier, as he put it. In the panel. That's right, Child Soldier, and I think he was accurate. Yep. Anything else about this episode before we, we move on? Uh, nope, let's move on. All right, cool. We will take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this episode. When we come back, we've got lots more show. We are uh, going to do some listener feedback. We will have a holy crap, did you see that moment? There might be something related to pickle juice. But before that, we're going to announce the winner of our How to Kill a Zombie contest that uh, we ran all summer long. So stay tuned. After this break, we'll be right back. Now they're calling in the dogs 
for you, the listeners of The Talking Dead. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, what is on tap for today? Uh, I've been listening to a little-known book. Little-known. Uh, yeah, hardly any, anybody has ever heard of this. I'm surprised that it's on Audible altogether. It's uh, something called The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? Uh, well, like every other hobbit, Bilbo Baggins likes nothing better than a quiet evening in his snug little hole in the ground, dining on scrumptious dinner in front of the fire. But when a wandering wizard captivates him with tales of un- the unknown, Bilbo becomes restless. Soon he joins the wizard's band of homeless dwarves <laughs> in a search for giant spiders, savage wolves, and other dangers. Bilbo quickly tires of this quest for adventures and longs for the security of his familiar home, but before he can return to his life of comfort, he must face the greatest threat of all, a treasure-troving dragon named Smog. It sounds fascinating. I think you should read it. I probably will. I have never read any of the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit books. I have seen no. I have seen the movies, and I hear they're making a movie in two parts of this one, so I will three see parts. those. They're doing a whole trilogy? It's a three-parter. Wow. So now is the best time to go to Audible, grab this book, listen to it, and prepare yourself for next year's movie. Or does it come out this December? December. I think so. It's coming out soon. You better listen quick. You better listen quick. They're so, singing. Speaking of singing, they're singing in this. So uh, what does it come in at and who reads it? Uh, okay, so it's read by Rob Inglis, and it comes in 11 hours and 8 minutes. Fantastic. So to download The Hobbit or any other free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. That's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for your free audiobook. In the end, it's all the same. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. I've been waiting for this for months. We started our How to Kill a Zombie contest back in the spring. We decided to run it all summer long Mm -hmm. and culminating with the season three premiere and promised to announce the winner on this very podcast. Mm -hmm. It's been building to this for a long time. It has been building to this. So I'm going to read a few of the sample entries we got. And after that, Jason's going to reach into the Talking Dead empty zombie skull and pull out the winner for us. So Rich posted on our Facebook page. He said, my favorite way to kill a zombie would be to lock it in a room with my (laughs) ex-wife. She's pretty mean, I guess. I I guess so. I don't think I'd want to be locked in that room. No. Ron writes, favorite way to kill zombies, giant industrial fan on wheels, sucks them in and spits out zombie chunks. I like that one. That's a pretty good one. (laughs) Mike writes, 
My favorite method to kill zombies would be to load them in the back of a cattle truck and drive them from Regina, Saskatchewan to Winnipeg, Manitoba, while blasting Celine Dion music at them. Bore them to death. If her voice doesn't melt their brains, they should die of boredom from staring <laughs> at the rolling prairies for hours at a time. Oh my god, I've done that drive. Not with Celine Dion and blaring through any kind of speakers, but uh, they, uh, I believe that the, uh, the highway... They uh, they put they build in jogs to the left and to the right so the drivers don't fall asleep. Yeah, otherwise it would be a, a never ending long flat straight road, and that would be that. Yeah. Well, you, all you have to do is you put on uh, you know those um, you know those security racks that you put on your steering wheel so people can't uh, steal your car. What the are club. they called? The club. Yeah. Well, well, all you need to do is point it down the highway right, and you put the club on so that your steering wheel gets locked straight, and you take a nap. There you go. There's nothing to get, worry about. You're just going in the straight line, right? Get in the back seat, and you're fine. Cruise control. <laughs> get in the, If it's an RV, you can go in the back and make a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. idea. Love the prairies. They were, that's actually quite beautiful. You ever see a thunderstorm coming across the prairies? No. It's quite the sight to behold, let me tell you. All righty. Well, it's a good way to kill zombies, too, according to Mike. Yeah. Uh, Dale writes, best way to kill a zombie, use a hay bale spear. Hooks to front of tractor can spear at least 10 at a time. Tractor cab provides protection. Nice. Like that one. You could play Celine Dion in the cab. Yeah, but then your melt mind would melt too. Yeah. Here's my entry for favorite. Uh, so this is Samantha. My entry for favorite way to kill a zombie. Have a military-style Humvee with a spiked cow catcher on the front and sharpened poles attached to the sides and armor on the windows so they can't be broken. Also would have a flamethrower attached to the back, so I was covered from every angle. Nice. We got a number of sort of military-type related ones, Um, you know, a number of vehicles modified to kill zombies, Uh, a a fair number of farming equipment ideas. Um, I think, you know, farming and harvesting equipment especially is good for for mangling, I don't know, humans (laughs) or zombies. And uh, that was that. So, Jason... Reach into the Talking Dead zombie skull All right. and pull out our winner, if you would please. All right, I'm going into the skull, the giant skull, and I'm going to leaf through, try and get all these things here. Okay, I'm going to come out of the skull now. All right. So, welcome back. Thanks. That was a big skull. Yeah. That's scary. Uh, so, the, uh, the winner is, are you ready? I'm ready. Jennifer Zimmerman McMillan. Congratulations. Please read her entry for us. Favorite way to kill a zombie. Tennis racket strung with razor wire. Ooh. Also attach a spike to the handle for extra oomph. I like that. Yeah. So you have a tennis racket. Yep. Razor wire. Yep. You smack it down as hard as you can on a zombie head, and it just carves that head into as many tiny little pieces as it can. That's right. Like the laser in... um, the first Resident Evil movie. That's right. You just kind of carve things up, but this is uh, a lot less low-tech. A lot more low-tech. Yeah. Less high-tech. And in that way, awesomer. Or yeah. much more awesome. Or laser wire. Laser wire? That's yeah. harder to put on a tennis racket. It is. How do you string something with laser wire? But razor wire would make sense. But And spike on the other end is perfect, too. Oh, yeah. Think about it. That could go through a fence, but it wouldn't get stuck and go through the fence. Tennis yeah. racket with a spike. I, I don't know a whole lot about tennis. Do you yell anything when you hit something, uh, when you smash a ball? Like, yell when you hit uh, when you hit a golf ball, you yell four. Right? No, you do not yell anything when you hit a tennis ball, except a lot of big-time tennis players grunt. Okay. Like the Williams sisters, at least one of them grunts. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's some kind of witty thing you can say as you uh, hit somebody with a tennis <laughs> racket that would be tennis-related. As if, if it was a golf club, you hit them and you yell four. 
Yeah. Tennis, no, you'd probably just grunt. It'd be like, 30 love, bastard. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Match Games. set point. There you go. <laughs> uh, right. Why not? All so, right, Jennifer. Jennifer, congratulations. We will be in touch um, to uh, so you can claim your prize. And uh, thanks, everyone, for playing, sending in your entries. It was really, really fun collecting these, doing this, and uh, reading them. That's a great name, by the way, Jennifer Zimmerman McMillan. There's a lot of M's and N's in there. Well, good. I'm glad. You can let her know when we email her. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good name. All righty. So uh, let's do listener feedback. Listener feedback. All righty. Shannon writes in with some uh, thoughts on the premiere episode. She's got three thoughts. I'm going to read them all. <clears throat> all right. She says, The moment I caught a glimpse of Lori comforting Beth in the extended trailer, I thought Herschel might be the first to go. I also thought that maybe he'd get bitten in the leg and Rick would try to cut it off, similar to <laughs> Alan in the comic. Yeah. So if that's what she was thinking, she was right on. That's pretty uh, psychic of her. It really is. Um, and this reminds me of when Kirkman said, you know, there might be something that happens in the comic to one character, but it happens to somebody else in the show. I wonder. There you go. I wonder what that could be yeah. in the hindsight when I already know. There you go. Yeah. Shannon goes on, but I never imagined he'd just whip the axe out and start hacking immediately. No hesitation whatsoever, whatsoever, cold and ruthless. A very different Rick from the second season. Yep. Uh, I also loved seeing how everyone in the group, down to Carol and Beth, have become pretty ruthless and perfectly willing and able to shoot or hack up anything that gets in their way, or at least try to. I was impressed with the way the opening scene in the house and the initial entry into the prison demonstrated the new cohesiveness of the group. Everyone mm -hmm. worked together seamlessly. Mm -hmm. That's what uh, we, I, we were saying, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Loved the interaction between Carol and Daryl. It was nice to see Daryl able to be a little bit lighthearted with someone. I suspect he uh, should enjoy that while it lasts, because once Merle shows up, I don't think there will be much opportunity for that kind of thing. Oh, that's what Norman Reedus was talking about in the panel. He was uh, Somebody had asked him a question about uh, when you see your brother, uh, is are you going to revert at all back to that submissive kind of thing? Because Merle was definitely the uh, the dominant brother. Oh, yeah. And uh, Norman Reedus said, uh, yeah, there will be a bit of backtracking going on going on there. So I, I think that they're definitely building to that. You know, he progresses as a character. Maybe he gets a little bit of game. Maybe he understands that Carol is actually flirting with him at some point. But then you uh, you get Merle back into the picture and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, it, it sets Daryl back years. Yeah. Or months, anyways. <clears throat> huh. Wayne from North Carolina writes, I'm writing in about the scene at the end of the first episode where Rick chops off Herschel's leg after he gets bitten. This confuses me. Rick already revealed to them they're already infected. So this seems to be a pointless effort. They've only served to make his final days that much more painful. What do you guys think? Hmm. So I think the point here is that everybody knows they're already infected. Yeah. Um, when you die, you turn into a zombie. Yeah. So if you're bitten by a zombie, um, what's what's really the difference? If If you have a bad wound from a bite, you can in theory, treat that wound and everything will be fine unless you die from that wound. Cutting off someone's leg is a much more serious injury than a bite, generally, yep. and you're much more likely to die from it. So why cut off the leg if there's no... If the infection's already there, the infection isn't, you know, transmitted through the bite, 
Why cut off the leg? All right. So I was actually talking about this with my mom earlier today. My mom watched a uh, marathon over the weekend and watched the premiere episode. She's on board. <laughs> no shit. No shit. My mom's on board. Wow. She was asking questions like what happened to Shane because she doesn't, hasn't watched season one and she missed a couple of episodes of season two because she got a phone call <laughs> and she doesn't have a PVR. So, you know, shit happens. We, uh, we got to have your mom on now. <laughs> she won't come on the radio. There's no way. All right. On the podcast. She doesn't even know what a podcast is. She doesn't quite understand. Well, let's just tell her it's a phone call then with, <laughs> with the both of us, a conference call. Right. And, <laughs> you know, however many other people are on online listening only. All right. So I was talking to my mom about this. She's like, I don't understand why I cut off the leg. So the, the way I explain it and the way my brain understands it is that they already have the – and I think a listener, we were talking about this last season, um, they, everybody already has a dormant, dormant form of the disease. Mm-hmm. There's no infection, right? They're not infected. They just have this disease, uh, the dormant form running around in their blood. When they get bit or they get blood in a cut, that's why in, uh, you know uh, Glenn was checking Maggie for scratches because if you get right. blood in there – and they were all kind of bloody and then they also kissed and hugged and stuff. And it's just like, okay – Wash a little bit first. Don't kiss zombie gore off your girlfriend. No, come on. You know what? It's their. What can they do? They're they're always going to be dirty and unwashed and right. So, you know. uh, so they have the disease, but they're not. They don't have an infection. Getting a bite uh, gets you the infection that you know your fever spikes and your body can't resist that kind of uh, that kind of infection. So you die quicker. Like it doesn't. Uh, you're going to come back as a zombie anyway, but the actual infection kills you instead of just uh, you know however you died of natural. Right. So the so the bite kind of activates the dormant virus that's already there. Yeah. The bite kills you. The disease brings you back as a zombie. Right. But does the bite always kill you? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Okay. So chopping off the leg isn't going to stop that from happening. In fact, it might just. Uh, exacerbate it. No, you to see the infection or the uh, whatever was in the saliva or the blood of the zombie. Once that gets into your blood, that's when you get the uh, the, the infection that uh, that kills you. Mm-hmm. So cutting off the leg will stop that infection in the leg getting to your getting going heart through your bloodstream. Yeah. So yeah, sure, it's a grievous you know wound, uh, but uh, it should stop the infection. Right. Okay. You know, it's only, you know, it's all theory, but, uh, you know, that's how my brain kind of justifies it. Yeah, no, that kind of makes sense, I think. I mean, you always have it, but you need that activation to to die. And if if you can get the bite off quick enough, you might not necessarily get that sort of fever and infection and die. Right. And in the comic, it works. It does? Yeah, they saved Alan's life. Alan did live for a while with one leg after that, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, well... So we'll see. Uh, I'll be surprised if Herschel survives that long, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, having your uh, your your leg uh, spontaneously amputated is uh, quite a serious uh, serious thing, and it's not like they did it in the surgical procedure, right? Usually, in surgical procedures, they'll like take a flap of skin so that they can close it up properly and all that kind of good stuff. You, use a bone saw. Bone saw, nice clean cut. You, right. uh, you take all the blood vessels and you match them up with uh, arteries and Ugh. that kind of stuff because you don't want just the blood pumping into the bottom of your leg and then pooling because then you get gangrene. There's all kinds of problems. So, uh, yeah, this should kill him. 
Yes. It's like just this kind of wound without proper medical attention and the fact that the proper uh, guy who can administer medical attention is the one with the leg that's missing now. Right. Uh, they got some problems. So they got to, uh, but they are in a situation where they could have access to an infirmary pretty damn quick. Right? That would help, but an infirmary without a doctor is not much more help, I don't think. Maybe Jasper's the doctor. Oh, it's true. <laughs> maybe Jasper, one of those guys, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, in the clip from next uh, episode, minor spoilers here, you see them wheel Herschel on a stretcher back to the rest of the group. And Carol seems to be the one that takes over trying to do something and oh. and help him out. So I don't know. I don't know what that means, but maybe Carol has some dormant doctor training and that suddenly activates. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, all righty. Next one. Zach from the Internet uh, wrote in. Now, this came in on October the 3rd, but with our schedule at New York Comic Con and our, you know, weird podcasting schedule lately uh, i didn't get a chance to read us read this and he made a few predictions for season three one of them um already we already sort of know the outcome and then there's two more so i figured i'd throw it in here sure. and uh, get it on the show sounds lovely zach says i have an interesting prediction for season three in the first episode it will end with them busting into the cafeteria and all you see is their faces as they see the prisoners sitting there eating so not quite almost the same true, true enough close enough for me yeah also, the mid-season finale will end with Rick's hand getting chopped off. False. I also think that's false, but you never know. Uh, and he says, my last prediction is that you will see the governor and his troop driving to the prison about to destroy it, and the governor yelling, kill them all, then a fade to black. Oh, that might be true. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I could see that, except it might be a little too close to the comic, and I was a little bit of a weird place to cliffhang. I, I don't know why I feel that way, but, right. you know, kill them all and they're done. It's like, kill them all. Kill kill all the deers we need to eat? I don't know. You never yeah, know. that's true. But interesting predictions nonetheless. Kill them all, them deers. Kill them all. All right, thanks everyone for writing in. I'm sure throughout the week we'll get more comments and feedback about the premiere, so send in those thoughts and theories and whatever else you have. We'll uh, get them on the show next week mm -hmm. if we can. All right, it's time to bring back this. Holy crap, did you see that? All righty, holy crap, did you see that? Now, I'd just like to say before we start this, that okay. our listeners are the greatest. They, well, yeah. They are the best, and it's because I don't think I reminded anyone at any point, really, over the summer that we do this segment with every uh, new episode of The Walking Dead. Yep. But I got more than a few... Uh, people writing in with their holy crap did you see that moments for this episode awesome without any sort of prompting them to do so nice and that makes me very happy i'm glad people remember it i'm glad they like it and uh we got the greatest listeners in the world yep i would uh, wholeheartedly uh, agree and i don't believe i have anything to add other than uh that i agree and their our listeners are awesome and that we're gonna reward them with the next segment and torture ourselves a little bit uh, how do you mean <clears throat> well, we're going to... Oh, okay. It's, it's all... It's up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for what comes next. So uh, Noah writes in. Uh, he sent a bunch, and I'm going to read all but one. Okay. He says, hey, guys, I have my first holy crap. Did you see that moments? First off, Carl's dog food. Hilarious. Yep. Second, Michonne's sick entrance, uh, chopping off those zombies' heads. 
third, the phalanx of Rick, Glenn, T-Dog, Daryl, and Maggie as they're going into the inner prison yard. I thought that was very cool, too. And finally, Carl's crush on Beth. You go, dude. (laughs) Yeah, older chicks. There you go. (laughs) Those are all good choices. Brian from St. Louis writes, When the group is retaking the prison for the first time, none of the guns had any, and I mean any, recoil to them. Having just started (laughs) learning to shoot, the first thing you notice is how much the gun moves in your hand after each shot. I don't know what they are shooting, but when my wife first shot a 9mm, it darn near jumped out of her hand. Right. Well, so, they have practice. Well, yeah, I guess they do, but yeah. I it, that, you know, I wouldn't have noticed that, but a keen the keen eye of Brian yeah. saw I, I didn't that there was no the, recoil. I didn't notice the uh, the lack of recoil. Yeah. Or not enough recoil. There probably was like pretend there's recoil and then yeah, whatever. exactly. Now is recoil and kickback the same thing yes. in gun term yeah. terminology? Yeah. So they did mention it with the Carol Darrell thing. Yes. But I guess that you don't see it on screen. Yeah. Shannon writes, when Maggie is fighting the prison guard uh, zombie in riot gear, she manages to lift the face guard and stab it, then turns to the others with a huge smile and says, did you see that? (laughs) She's so hilariously pleased with herself. I love that moment. Yeah, that was awesome. It was a good one. I liked it. And she's the one who sort of figured out how to do it, right? Everyone else started... You well, know, well, that's the point of a boss fight, right? You got to get in there. You got to fight for a while. You got to figure out the weak spots. Uh, you know how to how to fight them, what maneuvers to do in order to defeat the enemy. And once you figure that out, the enemy is relatively easy to to defeat. So they, uh, uh, she, uh, she, she wins the boss fight. She does. She wins it. And then her teammate team uh, members sort of picked up on that. Mm-hmm. So Peter from Wisconsin writes. Uh, and and you know what? This is a little bit spoilery, and it's sort of a combination prediction slash holy crap moment, but I thought I'd throw it in here anyway. Spoilery? Like, they're going to spoil the episode that we just completely recapped? Um, no. I don't remember why it's spoilery, but let's read it and find out. <laughs> okay. Um, he says, uh, oh, it's because it's in the scenes for next week. Oh, I see. So he says, in the scene for next week, Rick made the statement, how can this keep happening as zombies inside the prison seem to break through their defenses? I've been wondering if they could or would do the prison mystery from the comic. My guess is that they may replace the serial killer of little girls with a saboteur. Ah. So um, apparently Rick says, how could this keep happening? And zombies keep running in. And so in the comic, we have one character who does some pretty horrible things to uh, the little girls that are with them in the comic. Yep. And uh, Peter is speculating that maybe we will get a saboteur instead who keeps letting zombies in. Right. <laughs> Which would not be cool at all. Finally, I have a collective, holy crap, did you see that? Because a lot of people wrote in with this, including Jose, Noah, and Shannon. And this is this has got to be, you know, my choice too. And if it's yours, we can just join the collective. But uh, yeah. it's the scene during the assault on the inner prison, on the bosses, on the uh, riot gear police. Oh, yeah, I'm on board. I know what this is, and that's what, what I was going to say. I mean, how could you not pick this? There's one of the zombies gets knocked down, and I think it's Rick. Is it it's Rick? Rick. He reaches down to pull the helmet off the zombie, yep. and the helmet takes most of the zombie's scalp and side of its face with it. Yep. It was super disgusting. It really was. And it was like the scene from season two where Laurie flips the car and the zombie's pushing its face through the window and its skin is peeling back. <laughs> yeah. It was like that, but taken to 11. I was, uh, in my mind, when we saw this, we watched this in the hotel room, I was saying, yeah, Greg, you did a great job. Yeah, really. that was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was absolutely disgusting. And I just couldn't be like, oh my God. God, like, 
let's watch that again. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was mine, and uh, that's why during the uh, the, the recap, I uh, specifically elected not to mention that bit. Exactly. Because I figured uh, that would be somebody's holy crap. Did you see that? Did you see that? And if it wasn't, it was mine. Yeah, totally. It's uh, a lot of people wrote that in, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's the one. Such a great effects shot or practical effect, I assume, and uh, just so, so nasty. What we've come to love about this show. Yeah, it also kind of reminded me of, uh, one, uh, the end of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Mm -hmm. all the melty faces. Oh, yeah. That That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And the end of a movie we actually talked about this weekend that you said you never saw, which was Poltergeist. No, I've seen Poltergeist, but years and years ago. Oh, when all the uh, you know the swimming pool was empty and the coffins kept popping out. This is a spoiler for a horror movie from the early '80s. Poltergeist, <laughs> go see it. It's actually or get rent it, do something, watch it. It's a funny movie. Well, wait a minute. The zombie, uh, the, um, the coffins are popping out of the swimming pool and they're popping open and the skulls are coming out and it's just uh, it reminded me of that. Is Poltergeist the movie with the little girl in front of the TV? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've seen the movie, but it's been many, many years, and I don't remember that part. Sounds funny, though. It was right at the end. Okay. It was just right before the uh, the light in the sky completely collapsed and swallowed the house. And Craig T. Nelson, right? That's right. Yeah, good. There you go. See, I knew I knew I've seen it. It was good, good times. All right. Um, so, holy crap, did you see that? That is it. If you have moments from this episode or any future episode that you just were watching and thought or said out loud, holy crap, did you see that? <laughs> Make a note. Give us a call. Send them in. We want to get them on the show. It's one of the more fun segments we do. Yep. You can call us at one eight six six four eight three zomb That's 9662. Or send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. All right. <clears throat> The time has come, Jason. It has come. Uh, a number of episodes ago, we received an email from a listener who um, was referencing something that I guess we had spoken about months before, yeah. uh, about having stiff muscles. Right. And this, uh, this listener wrote in and said, drink a little bit of pickle juice, it relax, relaxes your muscles. Oh, this is perfect. I'm all stiff and sore from... Walking around for five days in New York. There you go. Right. So that was, uh, I'm afraid I don't remember the listener right now, but that was their recommendation. Have a little bit of pickle juice. Okay, so now I'm looking forward to this. I wasn't before, but now I am. All right. And we decided before we went to New York, we've had a number of people write in about the, you know, the evils or the benefits of drinking pickle juice. And we decided before we went to New York that the next podcast we record here in the home studio. Yep we would drink a shot of pickle juice each and see what happens, if anything, and sort of see how it is. Somebody mentioned pickle pops, right, at uh, football games? I've got some emails here that I'm going to read from listeners. Okay, I'm jumping the gun here. All right. Don't worry. I'll hang back. Just to get warmed up, we've got a number of them here. So CJ writes, you guys should take your dare of drinking a shot of pickle juice to the next level and make it a full pickleback. And you can search pickleback on Wikipedia. He sent a link. Like nickelback? It's a pickleback. Um, essentially a shot of whiskey with a shot of pickle juice as a chaser. I had one recently using Jameson as the whiskey, and it was actually quite good. I can't, I can't do it. I know you're not a whiskey guy. I, I'm not an alcohol guy. I can't, uh, I just, I'm not a big drinker. I'll have a beer maybe once or twice a year kind of thing, and uh, I am definitely not a hard liquor guy. Absolutely. And I can't uh, do that tonight because uh, I only have my G2 license, and I, <laughs> uh, I can't drive home with any alcohol. There's a zero... 
limit on uh, alcohol for driving, right. which there should be for everybody, just my opinion, but uh, uh, it is uh, against the law for me to have anything and drive. But you can drink, chug all the pickle juice you want. Oh, yeah, pickle drive. juice, no problem. So I might try this someday. Not right now. I am a whiskey drinker. I enjoy my whiskey quite a, quite a lot, and I enjoy Jameson quite a lot, so I may try this. However, not right now. Bert from Boston writes, When I was growing up in Georgia, I used to dare my younger brother to drink pickle juice. Once he drank an entire jar. Yuck. I don't recall it having any effects, good or bad, but he did say it was extremely salty, so I hope you do have some jam to chase it with, or at least some water. Mm, jam. <laughs> how, well, old, how old was he, you, you were say? Uh, no, just growing up. We were talking the last time about jam being a preserve, and we can eat pickle juice than jam. Anyways, um... <laughs> Bert goes on, he swore that he liked it, but I don't think anyone believed him. Then again, he also used to make peanut butter and pickle sandwiches for lunch. So he's probably not the most reliable source. Either way, I'm looking forward to the pickle juice showdown. Oh, my stepfather used to make peanut butter and onion sandwiches. Yeah, that sounds a little Seriously. Um, Gwen from the southern U.S. writes, Hey guys, I have tried to leave a comment on your podcast website at least five times, and only one of the very limited warnings has made it through. This is my last attempt. I tried to save you. It won't kill you, but you will be very unhappy. Uh, She did leave a comment on the site, and I approved it, so it's there. Um, Gwen goes on, Do not drink an entire jar of pickle juice. It will cause diarrhea. The salt content will cause osmosis in your intestines. They will fill with fluid, and you will regret it. A little pickle juice is not a problem. Here in the southern U.S., we have pickle pops at baseball games. This is simply frozen dill pickle juice, a small amount, shot glass size. And it is refreshing on a hot summer day. But too much will cause you problems. Pickle pops become pickle poops. Hmm. I tried to warn you. Signed, Gwen, chemical engineer and chemistry teacher. I believe her. So Gwen seems to know (laughs) what she's talking about. Yeah. All right. Do we have to report on this? We're just going to drink the juice and go and make our reaction, and that'll be the end of that, right? We don't have to come back and say, yeah, I had some pooping problems. (laughs) (laughs) There will be no further reporting on this after we do this. Okay. Um. You know, you feel free to write in whatever you think. If you're going to drink some pickle juice too, go right ahead and let us know how it how it goes. But we're going to drink it right now, or or try to, and see what happens. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go get the pickle juice. Okay. And I'll be right back. All right. Okay, I'm back with the pickle juice. Uh, for those listening, that was probably instantaneous. For me, it took about two minutes. Yeah. Um. So I have a little jar here. Smelling it. Pour it. We're going to pour it into two shot glasses. Here we go. There's the first one. It's probably enough. There's the second one. Those are roughly the same. Um, smelling it. Oh, it smells like pickles. I find smelling it really makes you not want to drink it. Do you find that? No. Okay. Well, this is um, this. These are Bix baby dills with garlic. I I. I Thought about getting the non-garlic ones, but this is all we could get. So um, they're fresh. The jar was open today, so this is brand new pickle juice. Now, are you just going to knock this back or you going to sip it? No, I'm going to knock it back. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So like, we're going to do this. Throw up all over your husk. So be it. <laughs> now, let, try not to vomit. I'm going to look away from the microphone just in case something really bad happens here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to stand right next to the giant skull so that I have somewhere to vomit into. Great. That's, that's where our, our contest entries go. You're going to puke into it? Yep. That's this, what, this is a contest, isn't it? 
<laughs> well, I don't know. For us. All right, cheers. Contest for us. Uh, I'm going to look away from the mic, um, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, here. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. And it's down. <clears throat> oh, that was kind of nice. I had no problem with that at all. That was actually quite... Uh... I feel I feel relaxed already. Yeah, I got I got nothing. That was nice. We should have taken a picture. No one's going to believe we actually did it. No, we did it. That was good. All right. It make, makes me want to have a pickle now. <laughs> Why didn't you bring any pickles down? I got more juice. Here. I don't know. Uh, Fill it up. I don't want to. You want to do one more? Pickle poops, no. Let's do one more. No. All right. That was that was enough. That was uh, one shot of pickle juice and uh, I really had no problem with that. You know, it actually wasn't that bad. It smells worse than it tastes when you drink it. Yeah. I, that's, that's what I find. Hmm. I wouldn't want to drink too much. Do your muscles feel loose and, you know? I feel kind of groovy. Do you feel better? Sort of groovy? Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I had no problem with that. That was actually rather nice. I like pickles, so I, oh. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, I thought that that would be gross and kind of revolting, but uh, I'm delighted that it wasn't and it was just fine. It um, it It was... Yeah, wash it down with some coke. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was uh, it was it ended up being a little more vinegary than I thought it would. I don't know why I didn't think it would be vinegary, but it, that was the primary flavor. I think vinegary with some pickle flavor, huh. and uh, you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of burn on the back of the tongue, but that was it, and it went away very quickly. No burn, no nothing, just pickle juice. All right, pickle juice. Well, all right. Very, I might uh, I might partake in that every now and again, just once in a while, eh? Yeah. You've you've discovered a new delight. A, a new delight, exactly. I'm buying pickles on my way home. <laughs> Tell your wife you can eat the pickles. I'm just going to drink the water. <laughs> I'll be fine. We yeah. tried this already. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I, I don't know for sure, but I think we may have just made podcast history by trying pickle juice on the air. If there's anything else you listeners would like us to try to eat or drink on the air, let us know, and we probably won't do it. Yeah, there's not a chance of that happening, really. Unless it's something delicious. Yeah. You never know. I dare you to eat a slice of pizza on the air. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Pepperoni and cheese. If you don't mind listening to constant chewing. (laughs) All right, well, that was fun. This, uh, This is it for our first episode of Season 3. We'll be back next week with our recap of the second episode, which is called Sick. Sick. And if I had to make a wager right now, I'd say this episode will probably focus a little bit more on Andrea and Michonne and what happens to them. I don't know. Herschel might be sick. Yeah, but Andrea is sick. Maybe, we know that. Maybe everybody's sick. Everybody's sick. So um, until then, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us about your experience drinking pickle juice, yeah, please, please call one eight six six four eight three Z O M B. That's one eight six six four eight three nine six six two. It's toll free call, and we never answer the phone. It's a voicemail. We love to hear from you. That's a promise. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash The Talking Dead. And you know what? Feel free to continue posting your favorite ways to kill a zombie. Congratulations to our winner. The contest is over, but it made for some fun reading on the Facebook. Oh, absolutely. So do whatever you want. (laughs) Do whatever you want, man. We don't care. Whatever. No, I do. I care very much. (laughs) You can email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Anything that pops into your head, fire it over there, especially 
things like feedback on the episode or, holy crap, did you see that moment? Yep. All righty. Until next week, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks again for listening. Ciao.